Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. No pardon to play is small, sir, if it brings joy to the audience. <laughs> you do that so well, sir. Every time there's a Christmas play, I end up being a sheep. Watch out for the curb here, sir. What? Slouching toward Bethlehem, huh, sir? I can't stand it. Costume, sir. Sure, Marcy, sure. I was up late last night memorizing all my lines. All your lines. I can't remember my lines, Marcy. You're a sheep, sir. All you have to say is bah. My mind has gone blank. I'm doomed. I wonder if this happened to Lawrence Olivier. Looks like the play will start soon. Well, you have to excuse me, sir. My first scene. <laughs> Who wants to be in a Christmas play if they make you be a sheep? A sheep doesn't get to do anything. Hark. Well, I want to talk to you. Y'all didn't know that uh, Charlie Brown had a stuttering problem, did you? But he did right there, but that's all right. Uh, I want to read some scripture to you and then, and then make some application off of what you've just seen. In John chapter 12, verse 32, it says this, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It was Jesus talking. And then in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, Paul says this. Ask these questions. He says, How then shall they call on him, him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Charlie Brown is the highest viewed Christmas special in history. It has been viewed by more people since it first aired in uh, 1965. It's been viewed more than Rudolph or Miracle on 34th Street or Frosty the Snowman or the Grinch, the, 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 the Grinch that stole Christmas. Any of that, uh, Charlie Brown has been viewed by more people in history than any of those. In fact, I know, like you, 
I can remember as a little child sitting in front of a TV during Christmas watching Charlie Brown. In fact, I think it's already come on this year, or uh, I think that's right. How many of you watched it when it came on this year? I know you've probably seen it like nine million times. Did anybody watch it? Okay, a couple of you did. I, I watched it too. I, I don't think I really recognized as a child when I watched it the message of this this cartoon. It wasn't until I got a little older and I began to read about Charles Schultz as he wrote it, why he wrote this special. Do you know why he wrote it? He was battling the, the fact that Christmas has been, been overrun by commercialism. The whole point of the whole cartoon is that we've got to get back to the basics of Christmas and what it's really about. I didn't understand that and I didn't really put two and two together because see, the first Christmas was described, uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, as a silent night. Now, it really wasn't, but in our minds, we like to conceptualize that fact that it was a silent night and the animals cooperated and there was no noise, and we know that that's probably not true. And the way that we know that that's probably not true is because it's certainly not a silent night now. When you stop and think about Christmas, Christmas has become one of the most chaotic hectic times of the year. If you're like uh, we are, you probably put additional thousand miles of on your car that you don't normally put during the course of a month going back and forth from parties and family gatherings. We went to one last night in Seminole, Oklahoma, and we drive all these distances to see people that we only see once a year because it's Christmas time. And so Christmas time is not a necessarily a peaceful time anymore. In fact, Christmas has become, in a lot of circumstances, a stressful time. If you think about it, the stressful time of getting the presents ready, the stressful times of spending time with people you don't normally spend time with, the stressful times of spending finances that you didn't necessarily have put back for gifts for people that you don't hardly ever see, and, and it can become a chaotic, confusing time of the year. And the truth is this morning, as I hate to share this with you, is we will probably never be able to stop that aspect of Christmas. It's too far gone. But the thing that I wanted to talk to you about this morning hit me like a ton of bricks when I watched this video clip. As I was watching Charlie Brown Christmas again over and over for about the millionth time, this one little clip stood out in my mind because the, the fact is, is that with all the noise that surrounds Christmas, the noise that concerns me most and that is most disconcerting to me is this sheep noise. I wonder if as sheep during the course of this Christmas season, if as sheep we don't become more distracting than we should become. See, sheep become distracting when sheep bicker or when sheep get caught up in the chaos of Christmas and when sheep become uh, so caught up in the consumerism and com commercialism of Christmas that we lose the focus of Christmas. At that moment, sheep noise overtakes us and we miss the meaning of Christmas. When sheep become more focused on getting rather than giving, there's too much noise. And when we forget to pay, play our part... We make too much noise. See, the Bible clearly tells us on eight different occasions in Scripture to make noise. And I am so thankful for that command because if you've heard me sing, you recognize that 
That is, in fact, what I'm doing. But I'm not alone because some of you are in the same boat. We make noise. And so I'm thankful that we've been instructed to make noise. But this morning, my concern is, is that during this season, we make too much noise so that people don't hear the message that they need to hear. And so this morning, as sheep, and whether you like it or not, you, you might would rather be described as something else. I'm just describing you like Jesus has described us. We are sheep. We are sheep in his flock. And that is our role. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Morning. How do we make sure that as sheep we don't make so much noise that nobody hears the message of Christmas? So I want to challenge you this morning with several things, four things. The first thing I want to say to you is this. It is at this season that we must simplify the message. We need to simplify the message. We must make sure that with everything that's going on around us, that what we do is that we make every attempt possible to turn people back to one simple message that is so important. And I want to tell you this morning, I know you know this already. This is not revelation to you. It's very simple, but I want to say this to you this morning. The message of Christmas is not bows. And it's not wrapped gifts. And it's not Christmas trees. And it's not carols. And it's not snowmen. And it's not, it's not lighted up reindeer. It's, it, is not, it is not. That is not the message of Christmas. The Christmas message is one message and one message only. That is the message of Jesus. And so I want to challenge you this morning. During the craziness of Christmas, we need to simplify our message. Right now is not the time to argue eschatology and ecclesiology and pneumatology and hermeneutics and homiletics and all these other things that we like to argue over and doctrine that we argue. Now is not the time. Now is the time to raise our voice and declare one simple message, and that is that Jesus was born in a manger for our sins. He was made as a provision. He lived his life righteously. He died on a cross. He was raised again on the third day so that we could have relationship with the Father. That is the one simple message of Christmas. I know it's cliche now. It was cool when we first said it, and I understand it's a cliche now, but it is a reality. Jesus is the reason for the season. We need to simplify our message. We need to take on the attitude of Paul when he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, he says this, You'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's masterstroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death, if you want to know the truth of it. And so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power, not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or by anyone else. If we are going to impact our community, if you are going to impact your family, you are not going to do it by giving them a nice gift. Go spend $1,000, and they may be oohed and awed, and their jaw might drop open for about a week. And then when this time next year, you'll go back and ask them what you gave them, and they can't even remember. We played a game the other day, uh, the newlywed uh, uh, game at, at Southwestern during their Christmas party. And one of the questions was, what did you give your spouse last year? 
And did you know most of us really struggled to remember? All the thought, all the time, all the, the effort, and all the, the, the strings you had to pull to go get that special gift, and we can't even remember. That's not the message. The message is simple. During this Christmas season, we must push people back to one clear and one concise message, and that is the message of Jesus. We don't need to go deeper than that. Well, we want to go deep. Do you know what people mean when they say you want to go deep? What they really mean is confuse me. That, that's what they really mean. If you ever heard that argument, I'm going to change churches because they're not deep enough. You know what that means? They, you didn't confuse me enough when you were talking so that I feel super spiritual because I understood one little bit of it. So now I can look down at my nose at everybody else. Let's go deep. We don't even deal with the information we already have, much less stuff we don't understand. We are going to come into contact with people this season that need one message. We don't need to confuse them. We don't need to make it complicated. We don't need to give them all the ins and outs. All we need to do is clearly and concisely communicate that Jesus came. He died. He rose again. And you can have relationship with him. Because the Bible says, I read it to you, if we will lift Jesus up, he will draw all men unto himself. He didn't say, if you'll get smart enough. If you'll get confusing enough, if you'll get complicated enough, if you're eloquent enough, no, 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 if you can preach good enough, no. If you will just draw attention to me, then I will draw them to myself. Let's simplify our message. Let's make it so simple that children can understand. That's what we need to do. The second thing that we need to do during this season is we need to live the message. One little girl was asked, who do you like better? Santa Claus or Jesus? You know what her response was? Santa Claus. Because you only have to be good for Santa Claus one time a year. See, I want to tell you this morning that the truth is, is that words cannot overcome a contradicting life. That was good. I, I, you, you might not have said amen, but that one was good. I, I preached to myself this week. I wrote it down, put stars by it. I came up with it. I'll take credit for this one. Words cannot overcome a contradicting life. Therefore, during this season that we're supposed to be drawing all attention to Jesus, if our life contradicts our message, nobody will listen. So our life must correspond with our words. Has to happen. That means our attitude when we get in that crowded dog-eat-dog -dog line to get that one special gift, our attitude has to speak just as loud as our words. That means during this season, when we're talking about the Prince of Peace, our life must be marked by peace during stressful situations. That means during this season, when we begin to point people to the King of Kings, people must be able to look at our lives and see people who are submitted as if they have a king. That means during this time, when we're talking about the hope of glory, our lives must exhibit hope. That means that when we begin to dialogue about the righteous one that came on that silent night, that our lives must also be marked by righteousness. That means that when we begin to tell people about the fact that Jesus came to be a forgiver, then our life must be dramatically marked by the ability and the willingness to offer forgiveness when it needs to be forgiven. People need to be forgiven. Our lives must line up with 
our message. And so this morning, I want to challenge you that during this season, you need to take stock of your life. Don't just glibly and, and almost in the state of a, stance, a trance go through Christmas and never stop to think during this moment that my life at, any, at all times of my life, all year long, but especially this season, our lives must line up with our message. Let me ask you this morning, does your life contradict your message? Does the way you act in Walmart when somebody got the last of the deal you wanted I'm just going to stop right there. Come on now. When that family member that you can't stand, that you only you have to spend one day a year with, when they get on your last nerve, I know y'all don't have anybody like that in your family, but, but, but at that moment, does your message, does, it, does your life contradict your message? Or does, does your life, you know what really ought to happen? Is your life ought to be a huge amen to what's coming out of your mouth. Are we being ineffective as a witness because our life stands in such stark contrast to our message? We've got to live the message this time of year. I want you to live it all year long, but I particularly want you to live it right now so that people will be pointed to Jesus. One man said it like this. I believe it was Ralph Waldo Emerson said it. It's one of my favorite quotes. He said, what you do thunders so loudly in my ears that I can't hear what you say. And my concern is that there's so much sheep noise where our message contradicts, is contradicted by our lifestyle that nobody can hear what we say. The third thing I want to say to you this morning is that we need to talk louder and we need to talk with an echo. Good job. The reality this morning is this. There is so much commercialism and consumerism wrapped up into Christmas that if we are going to get the message of Jesus heard, we are going to have to speak louder. We, we, we are going to have to come to this place where the message of Christ becomes a shout and a crescendo of what this season is really about. I am not talking about volume. I'm just saying that this is not the time to hide the fact that we're Christians. This is not the time to be timid. This is not the time to be silent. This is the time to become loud and to clearly and boldly proclaim the message of Christ. We are going to have to talk louder. There are so many voices vying for people's time right now and vying for people's attention. There's deals by Starbucks and deals by Best Buy and deals by Circuit City and deals by Walmart and by JCPenney and nobody can even hear what we We have got to get loud about Jesus. We must become bold. Paul asks a very good question. He says, how shall they hear? In other words, what he's saying is this. If nobody hears the message... The message doesn't matter. And so I want to ask you this morning, what are we going to do to get the message to be heard? And the only thing I know to tell you to do is that we must be extremely sensitive and aware of the opportunities that we have during this season to loudly proclaim the message of Christ. Do you understand 
that just about nobody can avoid the spirit of Christmas. Atheists that don't even believe in God still sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Atheists that have no belief in, in God will sing songs that they don't even stop and think about what they're saying and singing. Everybody seems to be affected by Christmas. That is good news for us because what that means is that this moment there may be a window of opportunity and a crack in the armor that allows us to step in right at the right moment and say the right words at the right time and it can create influence in their life that at no other time during the year might happen or might occur. So I want to encourage you this morning. I'm not talking about volume. I'm talking about seizing the moment and talking boldly and clearly. Talk loud. Get loud about him. The second part of that was that I wanted you to talk with an echo. And the truth is, is you don't have a, uh, an extremely gifted and talented sound man to travel with you so that you can have an echo box to talk into. But that's not really what I'm talking about anyway. That's not the kind of echo I'm talking about. I am talking to you about simply becoming an echo when you speak. The Bible clearly teaches us in John chapter 10, verse 27, that the sheep that are my own hear, are here and are listening to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Did you hear that? They hear and they are listening to my voice. And so when I tell you to be an echo, in essence what I'm saying is this. Since you know his voice, you ought to know what he's saying. You ought to be able to hear and recognize what he's saying. And you ought to become an echo and just repeat what you hear him saying. Well, I don't know what to say. Have you ever felt like Peppermint Patty in this little clip? I forgot my lines. Well, you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to be some eloquent orator to be able to tell people about Jesus. You don't even have to be an original. All you have to do is be an echo and say what he is saying. I, I, in fact, I, that's what I prefer. I don't, I don't even want you to put your own little spin on it. I want you to allow God to speak into your spirit and you just repeat what God is saying and you become an echo so that people hear what God says. Be an echo. It, an echo is simply a mirror of something that's already been said. It just is a repeating of what's already been said. God is constantly talking. Do you know that? God is always talking. The issue is, are we listening? We get, we get in trouble as sheep when we begin to decide that we need to say what we want to say rather than what God wants to say. And what I am asking you to do during this season is forget what you want to say and forget your cute cliches and your cute little sayings and listen carefully, tune your ears back to the voice of God and simply echo what you've heard Him say. That will impact and change people's lives. And the fourth thing I wanted to, to challenge you with this morning is this. Don't underestimate your role. Don't underestimate your role. Peppermint Patty didn't want to be a sheep. She did not want to be a sheep. She underestimated her role. And Marcy steps in and reminds her of this. There are no small parts in the play. What's a Christmas play with no sheep? Think about that. That's a poor excuse for a Christmas play when you have no sheep. Just not quite the same if you have dogs and cats and horses. But when you walk in the sheep because there's supposed to be shepherds there, it makes sense. 
She underestimated her role. Her role was important. So I want to challenge you this morning. Don't underestimate your role during this season. Your role is important. Charles Schultz, who wrote this, this whole uh, Charlie Brown concept, said this. He said, if we don't tell the true meaning of Christmas, who will? Think about that a second. Politicians aren't going to tell you the real meaning of Christmas. Public officials are not going to tell you the real meaning of Christmas most of the time. Athletes aren't going to tell you most of the time the real meaning of Christmas. So who's going to tell the real meaning of Christmas? Sheep. Don't underestimate your role. Paul never drew a comic strip, but he understood that Peppermint's Patty's role is crucial too because he said this, he said, how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, a preacher's the guy we pay to run church on Sunday morning. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's asking this question. How are the people that you live in your neighborhood with? And how are the people that you meet at your family reunion? And how many people at your, your office party for Christmas? How will they ever hear about Jesus if there isn't a preacher there to tell them? And I got news for you. I'm not coming to your family reunion. And I'm not coming to your job. And I'm not coming to your office party. And I'm not coming to your neighborhood most likely. And that's not what he's saying. He's talking about the fact that each and every one of us have been called and singled out as preachers of the gospel. We have good news to share. We cannot underestimate our role. Sheep may not be the central act or the central character of the play but they are a crucial part of the play don't underestimate your importance in somebody's life I just sensed as I was preparing this week that I needed to tell you that some of you this they need your lines during this season that one little simple statement that you make may be the one statement that shocks them or captures them or causes them to focus finally on their own spiritual condition, your line might change their life forever. Your touch during this season may be that one healing touch that they longed for and needed that might change their life forever. Your smile. Think about that a moment. You go through the line and people have been hateful to them all day long. And they're ringing you up. And when they're trying to get through the day and they've had a terrible day, your smile. And one simple smile might keep them from going off the deep end into deepest, darkest despair. Your line matters. You saying to somebody, Merry Christmas. Put the emphasis on it. They'll think you're a freak, but that's all right. Get them to understand that during this season there's hope. Your line matters. Don't underestimate what you can do. Your, your life might be the living testimony that finally gets through. So don't underestimate your role. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 through 6 says it like this. It says the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a... But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So when, since we find ourselves fashioned into all, into all these extreme or excellently, excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, listen, let's just go ahead 
and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Can I tell you what we are this morning? Like it or not, we're sheep. We have a decision to make this morning as we, we're winding into Christmas. I don't know how many days are left. I'm not, what is today, the 14th? I guess you've got what? Help me, somebody. 11? Is, we got 11 days left, is that right? 11, yeah, today's the 14th. 11 days left till Christmas. We're wrapping up into this thing. How many of you have been listening to Christmas carols on your radio? All right, all 24 hours a day. Everybody's attention's turned to this one day. For whatever reason, we cannot as sheep become so noisy about other stuff that we distract. I, that, that clip just kills me. The angel says, Mary, I'm Gabriel, but I can't hear you for the sheep. And I wonder how many of people we come into contact with over Christmas after Christmas after Christmas who go, you know what, Jesus, I couldn't hear you because of the sheep. We have got to simplify our message. Don't get into theological arguments this week. Point them to Jesus. We got to live our message. Come on now, now's the time. We can't, we can't wander off the path right now. We've got to live our message so that it will impact people. We got to talk loud. And if you've forgotten the lines, then become an echo. And finally, we cannot underestimate our role. It's not the leading role, but that's okay. He is the leading role. It's reserved for Him. And all we got to do is get people to pay attention to Him and their lives will be changed. Too much sheep noise. Let's guard against that this morning. Here's how I want us to do this. I believe that one of the best ways to guard against sheep noise is get our attention back where it belongs. And one of the best ways I know to get our attention back to where it belongs is by communion. Well, Steve, communion is really more about Easter. Come on, you know, at Christmas, we're supposed to be celebrating the birth of Christ. Yes, that's correct. But do you understand that Jesus was born dead? He was slain before the foundations of the earth. Christmas is a great holiday, and I love it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. But I want to tell you, as a sheep, the most profound holiday is Easter. Because if he was just born and never died and never rose again, Christmas is meaningless. So it may seem strange to you to take communion at Christmas, but I want to tell you something. This is what it's really about. He was born in a manger so that he could die for me. He was born in a manger so that he could die for you. He became human so that he could experience all the pain and all the issues and all the concerns that we have so that we wouldn't have a high priest that wouldn't understand our issues. We have a high priest that has been touched by all the concerns and all the cares and all the tears and all the heart. He knows everything we've gone through. And what better way to remember it than this, that he gave his body to be broken and his blood to be spilled so that I could sing about a silent night and I could say glory to God in the highest and I could fulfill my role and draw attention to him we're going to do this different this morning I'm going to pray and after I finish praying 
uh, as the music is playing, this is what I want you to do. If you're here as a family, I want you to get your family together. And the elements are here, and I want you to bring your family and you're going to serve yourself. If there's a dad in the family, you serve as the priest of your household, and you serve your family, the elements, and minister to them. If you're here by yourself, maybe you're single or your family's in a different place, that's all right. We're all one big body anyway. And so you can pair up or triple up. Or if you, as a family, you see somebody that's by themselves, you just grab them and adopt them in. You don't have to really adopt them. They've already been adopted. Whether you know it or not, they're your brothers and sisters anyway. They're your brother and sister from a different mother. Y'all know all that. Right? Brother from another mother. Yeah. That's what it really is. Whether we understand that or not, that's really what it is. And so if you see somebody by themselves, I want you to grab them this morning and fold them into your family. And as we take communion together, I want us to remember what Christmas is really about. Father, this morning, I pray that we would refocus our attention on what really matters. I pray that we would get our mind off of all the, cons the consumerism and what we're going to get and what we've got to get and who we've got to buy for and who's buying for us. And We've been given the greatest gift ever given. And Father, this morning we stop and say thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for allowing him to come into this place that we call our home to be one of us so that we can know you. And Father, as we take communion this morning together, I pray that you would realign our thoughts and our heart on what really matters. And Father, we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.